And you're very welcome back to episode four of the third season of uh, League of Ireland Women's Podcast, we'll call it. Uh, a bit of a rebrand by the league. We're going to have to sort that out in the next couple of weeks, Aaron. But of course, it is Aaron Clark who joins me again for another week to look back at um, relatively straightforward in the end set of results over the weekend. Lots to talk about, of course. We're going to be chatting to Alvin Heister, the new manager of Trade United. His side... Oh, I'm having a bit of a repeat there. I'm not quite sure where that's coming from, but um, we're going to talk about, um, oh, not sure what's going on. My audio is going a bit nuts here. Aaron, can you hear me there? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I don't get any repeat coming through. Okay, there's a repeat coming through on my end, but we'll try and power through anyway. Uh, in terms of the, um, in terms of the situation at the moment, I'm going to drop out and come back in for one second. Apologies, folks. Hopefully, it won't be. Apologies about that. I know what happened. I had YouTube open in the background, and it automatically <laughs> came on. So, but we're back. It is the League of Ireland podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie, and Aaron Clark joins me. We're going to chat to Alvin Heiser, as I mentioned in just a couple of moments. Uh, we'll be bringing him in. But first of all, Aaron, the game's kind of finished as we would have expected, but it was the late, late show across the grounds. Uh, some uh, very, very late strikes deciding games. Uh, what were your thoughts on the weekend before we have a chat with Alvin? Yeah, it was a, obviously we'll chat about Alvin, about the, the, the one really convincing, the convincing result. But I thought in terms of a lot of results are probably what you would have expected. Maybe didn't expect Galway to score as late as they did. And came out only winning 1-0. I think Grant Kelly would be very happy with that. Probably the first time Bowles have looked comfortable against Shelburne in, in, in the Women's National League. They've seen, uh, actually, Shelburne looked comfortable against Bowles in the Women's National League. Normally, it's been, it seemed to be a, a difficult game for Shelburne, but it wasn't really at the weekend. We'll delve into that a little bit more. But yeah, it was a an interesting, an interesting weekend. A lot of close games, but... The, the, the couple that we were expecting to go the ways they did go the way that we expected. Yeah, a couple of the goals all over the place. A bit of a, a howler that Cork City won't want to see as well uh, later on in that particular game. But before we bring Albert in, maybe let's have a chat about the Trade United game uh, briefly. Uh, 6-0, we would have expected this maybe based on the, the paper of T uh, based on the preparation of both teams and what we have seen from both teams over the last, um, I suppose, three through last season, uh, Shamrock Rovers, all the, the hype that's been around them. Um, was the margin of victory a little bit flattering to, to Shamrock Rovers, or what do you think? So the problem is, is when, you, when you've got players of, of the calibre of Jamie Thompson, who underage the national scoring a hat-trick, and they've just got the firepower up top, it, it's, it's difficult to deal with at times. Like Treaty, they're in a they're it's it's a completely different side nearly to last year. He kept Alvin kept some of the players he would have wanted. Probably didn't get to keep all of them he would have he would have liked. But like it's a it's a difficult situation for them going up to Shamrock Rovers, especially a lot of people talking about Rovers after the weekend before against Sligo when they limped over the line. I think Collie O'Neill probably would have wanted a response from his side. Six 0 it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tough one when you when you when you look at it on paper because everyone's gonna say our oh, Treaty beating out the door. But there's still things that Treaty have done good in the game, like they've done good in the Bowls game as well. And I think, you know, we, as as the season goes on, they'll reflect and learn more on them and come together more as a key, cohesive unit and continue to grow them. Yeah, for me, uh, two, uh, two really promising youngsters, Aoife Kelly, obviously on the score sheet as well, uh, four goals from her and Jamie Thompson, but also topped and tailed by the relatively experienced duo of Alana McAvoy and... Uh, oh. Lauren Kelly, uh, who got the, the final goal coming on as a sub late. But for me, the assist list tells you all you need to know. It was full of uh, Stephanie Zambra, Anya Gorman, uh, plenty of really, really established household names across the league. And I suppose to get his view on it, let's bring in the manager who was on the, the, the receiving end of that at the weekend. Alban, you're very, very welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, lads. Um, well, we've you've been on our list to have a chat with since you got appointed um, over the, the winter break. And I suppose you come into the, the league, we've obviously crossed paths uh, many, many moons ago uh, when we kind of passed like ships in the night at Dublin City back in the day. But uh, you come into this with a wealth of experience as a player in the League of Ireland, as a coach in the Women's National League with Pima under-19s and, and underage setups in recent years. Uh, how excited are you to be in the position uh, of the manager at Treaty United at the moment? very excited i'm i'm very happy to be there and obviously uh, i took it with both hands it's something that i was looking forward uh, to be able to be measured against the best and uh, 
and obviously you know I'm there now so it's it's a matter of of trying and 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 deliver what's the first couple of months been like what's been the biggest challenge for you since you've come in the door uh, the biggest challenge would have been recruiting players, uh, finding finding the right players uh, that will fit in what we're trying to achieve and do uh, within the team. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of players coming from the outside and they've only arrived there the past couple of weeks, which hasn't been ideal for the preparation, you know, for pre-season. But obviously, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, we'll have to to get on and, and, and work with that as the, as the league goes on. We talked in the uh, promotion for the show tonight about the Canadian invasion. Half a dozen Canadians in the side. Um, what's it been like and how did that come about? And, and what's it like having that kind of maybe a culture clash, girls coming from the education system in North America into the League of Ireland? Um, how has that been to deal with that in the restaurant? In all honesty, uh it has been a joy to have them over because, you know, they bring a different view of how, you know, the system works in Canada and, you know, they bring that bit, that they, they bring that bit of professionalism, which, you know, you would want into a young side and, and, you know, developing players. So, you know, it's just a matter of having that balance. And I think, you know, they have fitted in pretty well so far up to the point that, you know, everyone, at least, you know, in training, you know, they, they, they're happy and joyful, you know, to be around. When you're talking about like you know recruitment being one of your, your your most difficult, I think probably coming into the national league, into the senior league this year has probably been the most difficult when it comes to recruitment, just because of what's gone on off the field with the likes of the professional contract, what other clubs have, have happened. How have you found with within the likes of Treaty that you know when you go and approach players and other clubs are are offering different things that maybe you can't? It must have been difficult to build your squad. It is, uh, I would agree with that, Aaron. It is pretty difficult to find the players of the calibre uh, that are needed for the Women's National League, as we've seen, you know, for the, from the first few games and throughout uh, uh, before the season starts. It's, uh, most of the teams have improved. A lot of players have moved across different teams. And, you know, that shows that, uh, you know, it's pretty difficult to get players uh, within uh, a team that would say, you know, hasn't been performing, you know, well, um, and, and, you know, that that's another challenge in itself. In terms of, I suppose, changing between sides, we've seen it across the board on players, uh, your own move from P-Mount to Treaty, I, I presume you're based in Dublin in terms of, of, of living. How difficult is it to, to match that and to be involved in Treaty when you're not necessarily on the ground all day, every day? Listen, you know, it's it's something that I thought through uh, very hard. Obviously, you know, I'm very committed by nature. Uh, I would give it, uh, you know, uh, my best shot at what 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 we're trying to achieve. Uh, the trips are not easy, as you might know, but you know, uh, considering the commitment, you know, uh, there is different options that we are doing at the moment in terms of you know having different sessions where potentially I might not be required to be there in terms of a gym or you know another session so listen uh it's it is challenging but you know we are making it work i think that was one thing even when we seen last year with donna reardon he was doing an awful lot of traveling like does that sort of give the players an inkling of your commitment to if you're willing to come from say dublin to to limerick to train it does because you know, uh, given given the the honest opinion, uh, you go to work uh, at seven o'clock in the morning, and the day it's not finished until twelve when you arrive back uh, at home uh, for another journey. You know, back home again the next day. So you know, it's quite tough at times, and they know that you know I spend quite a lot quite a lot of time uh, back and forth. It's almost like a full day of work, just uh, traveling back and forth and having that session. So in terms of the commitment itself, they obviously see it and, you know, they do they do appreciate it and recognise it. In terms of where the club is now, obviously, opening day, really promising, 1-0 against Bohemians in the game throughout. Uh, your thoughts on, on, I suppose, the quality of Saturday's performance from your point of view? Um, well, I thought we, we did well in the first stages of the game. Uh, I thought we did very well in the first 25 minutes or so, up to the point that uh, Shamrock Rovers scored. Um, 
you know, we played a different system. We we wanted to play in a different way. We want to give uh, players the opportunity to go and play football, and 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 in their own way, they did achieve that. Obviously, you know, uh, we have to be mindful of the quality Shamrock Rovers have got in the team and in with the internationals and and you know the 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 players that have been around. So from that perspective, the challenge was difficult. I could have gone in there with the mindset of, uh, you know, just uh, defending and, and you know, trying trying to achieve something like that from the game. But I thought we, we started quite uh, uh, positively and, and you know, we had we had a few chances within the first uh, 12 minutes. Uh, we had three or four chances that, you know, if we could have taken one of those, that potentially could have been a different game. And in, in saying that, though, like... Talk to us about your approach, though, when you do come up against the likes of Shamrock Rovers, because you say the easy option is to just sit back and just defend for 90 minutes and try and hold the scoreline down to, down to as, lim- as limited as you can. Why do you why do you think that it's important for your girls that, you know, you don't do that, that you, you actually try and impose yourself on the game? Is it more of a, it's a, it's a way for them to learn, whereas if, if you just play defensively all against these sort of teams, it'd be more difficult to, to pick up in passages as you go on through the season? Uh, different approaches, Aaron, on that. Uh, one way of seeing it, obviously, will be the development of players, which is the most important part. Uh, obviously, there is a tendency in the league where the teams are pretty much very hard uh, to beat. And then we know that it's a driven uh, business in terms of results. But at the same time, development of players, for me, is very important. And uh, uh, I hope that, you know, the girls had a lot uh, learning, you know, within that game and, and, and you know, uh, they would appreciate the fact on, on how we played. Uh, the, the other thing uh, also would be in relation to the opposition uh, that you're playing. Obviously, I'm not saying that uh, we're not going to go back to what, you know, uh, will be needed at any given game. But, you know, I thought Rovers uh, would have uh, started wanting to play football. And in all honesty, in the first uh, 28 minutes or so, they were very limited in playing from the back. And, uh, you know, uh, as we have seen from the game. So, you know, different aspects on, 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 on why, you know, wanting to go that way. Yeah, it's been an interesting start to the season. I suppose looking forward, it's clearly finished in the, in the bottom one or two for, for most of their existence in the league. And... Uh, what's your ambitions for this year? What will constitute a success? Is is collecting a bigger points total? Is it position on the league table? Is it wins in specific games? What's your uh, ambition for the season? The ambition for the season uh, will be many folds. One and the most important one will be the development of the young players at the club so that, you know, progress is being seen at the club so that, you know, uh, next year potentially, you know, they will look at it and say, well, we don't need to go anywhere else around, you know, the country and, and stay with 3D. So, you know, we'll have to look at the pathway at the same time. Yes, you know, we need uh, to collect points. Um, obviously, we haven't had the best uh, run with the first three games, but, you know, it is what it is in terms of the teams that we will be playing. So, you know, points... Uh, hopefully, you know, will be part of uh, what we're trying to achieve. And, uh, and you know, in terms of where will we end up uh, at the end of the season, it's very hard uh, to judge that in this moment in time. But ideally, you know, if we could play in a certain style of play that I'm hoping for the team uh, to get by the end of the year, that would be considered an achievement in itself. Just to talk a little bit about the, the player development, how much of a hands-on do you maybe have with the underage structures, the underage teams? Because we see John McLean's in there as the academy director, who has a lot of women's national league experience as well. How much how much hands-on would you have with the likes of the seventeens and the likes of the nineteens team that are coming through, players that are coming through? Obviously, you know the the, the season has only started. Uh, pathway is on the card, Aaron, uh, but at the same time. You know, it will take its course in order, you know, to bring that pathway uh, through through the ranks and the club. So, uh, yes, you know, I'm in touch with with John and the rest of the managers and the teams. But, you know, that will be a development that will be carried out throughout the season rather than, you know, just stating that, you know, we have arrived there at this early stage of the season. Albon, I suppose we talked at the very start of the chat about uh, the number of, of foreigners that are involved in the team, and uh, there's a, a, a half a dozen North Americans in your side at the moment. 
Um, it's great to see diversity and, and, and all of this. You, you yourself, obviously, uh, born and raised in Kosovo, came to Ireland in your late teens, had a career in the League of Ireland. What's been your experience as someone from outside the, the country coming in and getting involved in football and in this level and, and I suppose, progressing through your own career and now giving back to the next generation of players coming through? Well, it has been fantastic. Uh, as uh, as uh, we were saying earlier on, uh, the the I start uh, I arrived here and I went straight with Bohemians uh, when Brody Collins uh, was in charge with Pete Mahan back then, uh, training every day uh, for a few months. So you know, to me, uh, football was a lifeline, and and you know has given me so much throughout uh, my entire uh, career and life so far. So, you know, for anyone that is involved within sport, you know, that is uh, something that in terms of uh, community and I know, you know, again, without going, uh, uh, you know, in a different direction, how much Bose does in the background in, in that perspective, which, you know, from a personal perspective is very much appreciated. But yes, um, uh, it has given me a lot. Has it always been your ambition to kind of develop into a coach and, and and kind of let help mentor that next generation of players through that community that I suppose life journey you know I'm gonna be honest with us uh, <laughs> with that question uh, uh, you know going going and remembering the league back then uh, the coaching or the standard of coaching is not where it is at the moment. And you have to give credit to the FEI, you know, for how things have changed in terms of myself personally. Um, I have uh, Sean Byrne, actually the Bose manager, has been uh, the one that uh, seen something in me while I was still playing and gave me uh, the opportunity to, to, to be getting involved with coaching which uh, it's very much appreciated because at times as a young lad, you don't think really of those things while, you, while you're still playing. But, you know, um, uh, from that perspective, you know, he has been the one that, uh, you know, pushed me, so to speak, into coaching and, uh, and you know, uh, someone that you will always remember. In terms of just, just in terms of that, though, is it now an opportunity for you as a next generation off the back of Sean's assistance, that you'll be able, you must look forward to the day that you can actually do that for somebody else. You know, give someone else that opportunity to maybe get involved with coaching. Very much so, Aaron. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on, a, I'm an open person. Uh, you know, usually I'm an open book, so to speak. So you know, from that perspective, I'm uh, call it a people's person, a helper uh, in general. You know, in terms of personality. So. Uh, any anyone and everyone that wish to get involved uh, within coaching, obviously, you know, one there and 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 you know that will never change. Okay, I promise I won't tell Roddy Collins and John McDonald that you were talking about the quality of coaching not being up to scratch <laughs> <laughs> odd years ago. And there's plenty of coaches, there's plenty of supporters who might agree or disagree with you fairly vehemently uh, over the last two decades or so. It has in evolved. The league. It has evolved. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, in terms of, uh, I suppose, in terms of Tree United, bring it back to why we're chatting to you. Um, it's at Lone Town, champion, uh, President's Cup champions, uh, most recent trophy winners in the league. They really haven't given you much of a, a, a breathing space at the start of the season, have they, with the fixture list? No, it's another tough game that obviously uh, we'll have to go and deal with it uh, again. Three games in a row in Bowes, Rovers, and uh, and Athlone on Saturday. But you know, um, that's all part and parcel of the game, so we have to deal with it. I love that talk. I love that. You, that's it. You just you just gotta roll your sleeves up and just and just go with it. The only thing I would say, and probably from a, a Treaty United point of view, I'd say realistically, you probably would have wanted the longer season like we've had in previous years because of the development that you're that you're looking at. Does that make every game this season even more important because of the the, the, the amount of steps that the players will have to take on. Actually, I would agree with that. I wish the, the season uh, was like last year because that would have given us uh, more of a chance and a development of players. But, you know, it, it is what it is at the moment. And, and you know, uh, th there isn't much that you can add to that, Aaron. You know, it's just, um, it's just you know, dealing with each game as it was a final and, and hoping that we'll get in a position very soon where we'll be able to, to pick up a few points. 
suppose finally looking at the tree squad over the last few seasons there's been a, a reasonably big exodus at the end of each season i know last year uh lost one to three or four different clubs each this year we've seen the Mendez sisters go to cork uh, amy madden has, has left the club as well uh, along with one or two others what can you do to to lessen the likelihood that girls are going to want to leave the club at the end of the season and, and stick around and, and really build um tree united women into what could be a force in the Midwest region? Well, it starts obviously with training. It starts with uh, the, you know, the time uh, that uh, as, as a management team, we put into uh, that team and uh, the, the different uh, teams in general. It's all about giving, you know, back to the players to what potentially, you know, they might not have seen in other teams uh, to what potentially other teams are not doing at the moment. So, you know, Again, I'm traveling twice a week, but it's really a fortnight a week uh, between uh, tactical sessions and gym and, and, you know, twice a week on the pitch. Obviously, you know, from last year uh, to uh, twice a week, you know, and and four times a week this season, uh, the concept, uh, the mindset uh, changes uh, for the players. It's all about giving the opportunities to the younger uh, players, you know, to, to move up and down within reasons. So, you know, it's all about building that platform and building it slowly, I would say, one step at a time and making sure that uh, players and parents alike sees the progress of the club rather than, you know, seeing another uh, season. You know, they should see the club as a whole and what we are trying to achieve. Absolutely. Wise words uh, from someone so recently attached to the club. Alvin, thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. The very best of luck to you and your charges in the Marcus Field on Saturday afternoon against Athlone Town. It's been a pleasure chatting to you for the last 15, 20 minutes or so. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, lads. Alvin Heister there. Um, Aaron, your thoughts on that? He seemed to have a very methodical, patient approach to, to building something sustainable down there. Problem is, is there's no quick fix. That's the biggest problem. It's not a case that you can just turn around and say, we're going to do this tomorrow, this, the next day, this. It's it's going to take time. And I think they need someone with that sort of, with that sort of methodical pro. You can't, you can't just rush these sort of things. It's going to take a proper strategic plan in place for them to, to help. The, it's hard to compete against the clubs in and around the area, in and around the region. So, for them holding on to the players is probably the most important thing. The good thing is you can hear him and even when he says when, about shifting mindsets, moving more days into more days training and stuff like that, because that sort of thing is is crucial. Like you look at the other teams and who are who are pushing for league titles, they're putting in three three sessions a week. Most of them are. Some of them are even doing a session with the boys. So like for for Treaty, I think the mindset is probably going to be the biggest thing. And if you can keep the get togetherness going for the season, they will. There's no doubt they will grow and they will develop. Like there is some good players there. Last weekend is probably a disappointment with the fact that. They took a, a 6 0 defeat against Shamrock Rovers. But as he said, the easy option is there is to just go out and play two blocks of five and, and just sit back and try and hold them to two or to hold them to two or three. But then again, you don't develop from them sort of games. So I think the young squad of Treaty would have learned an awful lot from the weekend. Was that always kind of inevitable given the 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 experience between both squads at the weekend? Yes and yes and no, because we 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 still haven't really seen we hadn't seen Rovers click yet. So it was if they clicked, it was it could potentially always happen, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a guarantee. But you look at Jamie Thompson coming off the bench for Abby Larkin and scoring a hat trick, like you're replacing a senior international with an underage international who's going to score a hat trick. Like every every player who's who'd score for them was either a senior or an underage international. You know, you know, with the with even the likes of Lauren Kelly, Alana McAvoy, all underage internationals gone but previously gone by. So there's a lot of experience there, and it's just one of them that. They'll review the foot, they review the tape, they'll look at it again, see where they can improve. But as he said, he was happy enough the first 25 minutes or so up until up until Robert scored. And it's just about building that building that block. As Colin Bell used to say, you know, when the ball's on the left hand side, we're all on the left hand side. And we're sort of just building that one block at a time to where they were able to just push up, push up and, and, and get results. And I think they will get they will get some results this season, but it's just gonna take a bit of time. Yeah, I think they will be a little bit closer maybe to the teams ahead of them than they were last year, possibly even pinch a position or two at the bottom of the table. But it is a work in progress. Uh, the best look to Albert and his charges down there in the markets field. Uh, they, of course, face Athlone at the weekend. 
Let's maybe take a look back at the game over the weekend, the four others that took place. Of course, uh, you uh, were at the Bowls game, Bowls Shells. Mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on that end up a 2 0 victory for Shells. Um, maybe let's focus on the football first. Uh, that, talk to me about the game and, and your thoughts. Two goals, uh, one from Jesse Stapleton, the other one from God knows who. I don't even think oh. the players themselves know. We've given it to Jesse Stapleton. I'm not quite sure who you think scored it. I spoke to Stapleton after the game and she sort of said to me, she wasn't claiming it. I don't know who to, I don't know who they're going to give it to. Noel, this photo Andy had a photo of Noel Murray looking to get the last touch. Nobody knows who actually's gone there. I'd love to see what the Jubilee Gold panel do about it. To be honest with you, it was it was a horrible day there. Conditions were absolutely atrocious. It was it reminds me of last season, but not as bad as when she, when both played at Lone in their first home game last year. It's just torrential rain for the entire game. Neither side sort of really got into the, the rhythm they would have wanted to get into. Shells, they looked they looked dangerous, and it was a, a lovely set play, a lovely free kick for Megan Lynch for the first goal, and Jesse Stapleton heads it back across the goal. Keeper can't, and Rachel Kelly can't keep it out, and then the second one is a free kick again, and it's just not, it's punched up in the air, and it's not cleared, and whoever whoever you want to give it to puts it into the net, and from then on, Shells probably looked looked comfortable, but struggled, struggled to really create chances up top. Sarah Rowe playing through the middle when she probably prefers to play out wide, just Erica Burke not available through injury. And for Bowes, it was probably, probably a game of a catch-up. Yes, in the second half, they looked to try and get into the game a little bit more, but they just could never really set the full hold into it. And it was a comfortable enough 2-0 two, two win for Shells. Yeah, I think uh, the dubious goals panel appeared to have given it to Megan Smith-Lynch, but I think about six players touched it after she touched it. So uh, it's going to be, it was her cross that caused all the damage, but whether or not, uh, we would like to hear, if you're listening and you want to give us an opinion on who you think, uh, drop a comment in the, uh, on whatever social Listen, Megan will claim that now, Megan will claim that all day long. We know what Megan's like, Megan will claim that all day long, but I'm not giving it to Megan, no way. Um, well, in terms of the game, you of course were at the, at the match. Uh, you spoke uh, after the game to uh, who was it you spoke to? Kerry Lemmer. Kerry Lemmer, that's it. Let's maybe hear from Kerry and uh, what she had to say uh, after the game. Lemmer here in Daily Mountain 2-0 win for Shells against Bohemians. First start for, for Shells. How did you find today? Yeah, no, I'm delighted. Um, I think the game was good. Like, we all played very well, and like, no better way to get a first win on my first debut start so yeah I'm delighted It's been a, a good start to the season as well two clean sheets six points on the board you just must be extremely happy with that Yeah we are like the girls like we're all delighted but we just can't get complacent now obviously next week is a tough game against Rovers so we just have to get the head down now and training and look forward to the next game get three points hopefully And for you what was it like when, when Noel gave you the nod that you were going to start your first game for Shelburne? Yeah, like obviously there's a few nerves there, but it's more excitement more than anything. And I've really put the work in and training, and all the girls have been so amazing. And even Noel and Joey and everyone on the staff like have really welcomed me in. So I was just yeah, I was looking forward to it and just thought I'd give it my all. And hopefully that's what I did. A really tough physical conditions to play football as well. So it wasn't always pretty at times. No, definitely not. There was a, a few questions before the game wondering will it go ahead, will it not? But the pitch, like I actually thought it would be in worse condition, so it was good and I'm actually delighted it went ahead. There'd be nothing worse than the game being called off. So, Shamrock Rovers next week coming to Tal to Talca Park live on TG Car. Another opportunity to get, to get your hands dirty as well. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a good game. I'd say we'll get all the fans out and everything. Um, and yeah, that's a, as I said, we'll just this week just knuckle down and put the work in and get ready for the game. For you making the move across the city, getting opportunities early, you must be extremely pleased now as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I knew obviously it would be really hard to uh, come into shells and putting in the work and making sure that I can get on the pitch, let alone a start. So I'm absolutely delighted to get there and just work as hard as I can now in the coming weeks as well. Brilliant. Uh, that was, of course, Carrie Lemon there chatting about her debut for her home debut, her first start for um, Bohemians at the or Shelburne at the weekend. God, I'm getting all mixed up today. You're as uh, bad as me. <laughs> yeah, very happy though. A two 0 win for Shells keeps them in the hunt at the top of the table. I, know it's I rare thought she was like that. I thought she was decent though. I thought she was she was energetic. She came in off the wing a couple of times, tried to get on the ball, tried to you know get involved as much as she could. But Bethany, 600, 600 people, six hundred two people. Brave the poor, brave the elements. As you can see, even in the, in the video, there it was never stopped lashing, and eight hundred as well it was like eight hundred fourteen in Tala Stadium as well. I think great, great attendance for the Dublin Derby and even for the for the other game. I think 
the fans probably go home, will go home cold. They got their autographs at the end. But for Shells, it was just about getting the job done. For Bowes, it was always going to be a difficult task. It was it was one of them sort of games that they've never beaten Shells in the National League. Yes, they they got a draw against them, but they've never beaten them. And it was just one of them that you knew from you knew from probably early early on that they were going to struggle to do it. And for, from an old king, you'd be extremely happy that it's in, with the other treatment and other three points. Yeah, there was of course a little bit of controversy coming out of the game. Um, one of the Bowes management, he's been, I suppose, the suspension was issued today. So we know Sean Byrne was was sent from the stand uh, or from the dugout, should I say, on on Saturday. We're seeing this a bit more and more. It's a second one where people on the sideline get involved with players. Players get involved with people on the sideline. It works both ways. Um, is this a, a worrying trend in the league that we're seeing? Regardless of what was said, just the fact that they're interacting with opposition players, is that a, a, an opposition coaches? Is it something that's to, always happened? Or, or? Yeah, it's, it's, it ha, listen, it has always, it has always happened. There's always been times where there's been back and forth between, like, I can, if you think about the one on the, the other one on the suspension list from Cork, it was, it was an, an incident as well with Shelburne last week in Talca Park. But, like, I can think back to, you look at when Noel Murray scored the winner against P Mount in that 4 3 game a couple of years ago where, you could see that there was an interaction then. There's been interactions with different clubs. It's, hap- it's happened in the league. I think referees are probably just trying to stamp it out now ac- across the board. And I think from uh, from the FAI, from the likes of Mark Scanlon, I think there'll probably be a directive coming out to say, listen, you need to cut this out or else we're just going to continue to, to push it. And the thing is, the bans are being handed out. Yes, Sean got a three-game ban. The other one last week was, was a six-game ban. So consider considerable bans. And if the referee sends you off, unfortunately, what was said and what wasn't said, you got to take the red card because the referees, the referees have heard something, so they've they've they they're within their right to then turn and say, "Listen, you're gone." It's not it's not great to be honest with you. It's not great to see it in any in any le- in any level that a a player or a coach or a coach having having a clash. It probably shouldn't it shouldn't happen, but it's a heat in a moment. It's the Dublin derby. There was a lot of tension. If you if you look at the tackle that Lisa Murphy put in on. And Kerry Letman, where where she nearly lifted her off the nearly lifted her off the ground, and it just shows there was a there was a bit of passion between both sides. Probably spilled over a little bit too much, but the good thing is the FAI have turned around and dealt with. They haven't just given a one game ban; they've given a three game ban, and they said, "Listen, we've dealt with it. We've given a we've given a punishment that we think is fair and, and adequate for the for the for the offence." Yeah, let's talk about two other games that took place over the weekend, uh, and we we'll we'll kind of put them together because they kind of have a similar enough. Um, I suppose expectation going in. Going with the trip down to Cork, uh, left it very, very late in the last couple of minutes of the game. A really bizarre free kick from long range. Jenna Slattery hit it from just inside the, the Cork half. It bounced, just seemed to catch everybody, including Abby McCarthy, out uh, at the far post and just bounced into the back of the net. Uh, she'll be disappointed with that. We've seen some really good performances from her in recent seasons, but that's not one that she'll want on her highlight reel. Uh, on the other side of it, Piemont left it really, really late uh, to snatch a win there as well. And again, it was scrappy, couple of saves, bit of pinball in the box. I'm not so sure how much Becky Watkins knew about it. I think it looked to kind of go in off her, her back, maybe, if she was lying on the ground at the, at the near post after a couple of kind of ricochets. Um, is that a bit worrying for Galway and Piemont that they can't get wins against teams that people probably would have expected them to beat relatively easily? Going into this season, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to say. I'll, I'll take the payment first, just because payment were payment were decent against Athlone the week before. Like the condition, the conditions didn't help either. I think there was a there was 104 people at the payment game. There's normally a lot more. Considering that'll tell you that when it when it rains out that sort of area, it's well, not like no it's very hard to go to a game when you know there's no protection from the wet. There's elements. a little stand out there. There's a little stand. I had to I had to crack the shells fan the other day actually because there's like, no stand in Piedmont. There's a little stand. I think it holds two hundred. But in terms of the, like it's it, with the elements open, it's a difficult place. And when it when it gets wet and it gets it gets like I think for Piedmont, it's just a case of yes, they they had chances, they huffed and puffed, and like I think they'll just be happy just to to not have left the points on the table because previously that's what they probably would have done. They probably would have just left it out and then they'll draw and just being walked away disappointed. From a Graham Kelly point of view and a DLR point of view, with such a such a young squad and an, and an inexperienced squad, you can see an eighty seventh minute minute winner is probably gut wrenching just because of the fact that it looked like they were going to take that point away and then they didn't. So for both for for both sides, it's definitely a lot a lot to a lot to learn. But if you talk about Galway, 
problem is, is I've I've been critical of Galway the last couple of weeks. I didn't know what to expect them coming into this game. So, like, it's a it's pretty much bar bar missing a couple. It's pretty much the same squad from last year. And Cork off the back of a, a six and a loss to Shelburne, where where they were disappointed, where they were disappointed. Someone asked me the question: Was it was it shells were very good on the opening day, or were Cork were Cork poor? And it was it was difficult to, at times to see which it was. But from a Cork point of view, they'd have been you know coming away thinking right, lovely, we're we're going to back back this up with a better performance, and then to have that sucker sucker punch at the end, it's a it's a it's a horrible goal to concede. It looks as though it just skids off the ground a little bit when it when it bounce when it bounces, and and poor Abby McCarthy's left in no man's land, and it just sails over ahead. You feel for the goalkeeper in that situation, especially after. After you go after what happened the week before, and it was it was it was one that you didn't want to see. But from a Galway point of view, I think Phil Trill would probably just be relieved to get the three points on the board. That's probably more than anything. I think he'll take the the trip back to Galway just with relief that they've actually got the win. Absolutely, yeah. I suppose a bit worrying from uh, Abby McCarthy's point of view. I know I don't, I don't necessarily wouldn't say it's necessarily her mistake, but it was just a defensive error uh, on Saturday. But uh, interesting tweet this afternoon. I don't know if you caught it up. Um, it appeared in my timeline somewhere. Um, an American couple over having a look at Cork because their daughter is uh, is thinking of joining Cork City. I did a bit of digging, and there is a goalkeeper in the States. Uh, her name is CJ Graham. Uh, she's currently with Utah Valley University Women's Soccer, and uh, her parents are currently scouting Cork. So maybe we could see a, a change to the... the uh, goalkeeping duties down there but I think Abby McCarthy has been a, a solid performer for them has kept them in games has won them games over the years uh, but interesting uh, development I just caught that today. I don't know if you saw that I'll send you on the link afterwards but interesting I wanted to be an exclusive on the show but listen the thing is right and Abby's been I've criticised Abby before for performances but the thing about her is is that she seems to have that little bit of mentality about her that she can come back from it and she can put in a good display. I wouldn't be surprised if she puts in a brilliant performance this weekend because she'd be remote, she'd be as disappointed as anybody that it didn't go it didn't go away. And I'm sure Danny will put an arm around her and, and, and just say, Listen, it's okay, and they'll go they'll they'll go again. But like the good thing is they've another opportunity to back it up. Just worth noting, just while we actually do speaking of Cork, just for anybody note uh, their game next week against Wexford is actually being changed to a midday kickoff from two o'clock on the Saturday. Just if anybody is planning on going to going down on the twenty fifth, that it is an early kickoff rather than the the, sta- the standard the standard kickoffs. The twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Yeah, and not on my fixture list this week. Thank God, I don't have to <laughs> swiftly changing anything. Uh, but the final game, speaking of Wexford, um, was of course in Ferry Carry Park. Sligo Rovers, the visitors, have been very very impressive in their opening day performance against uh, Shamrock Rovers. Uh, pipped at the last minute. Um, look to be back in the game when a fairly, um, she'll kill me for saying this, but a fairly uh, long-range effort uh, hit the back of the net from Sarah Kiernan. She must have been a good 35, 40 yards out. It was definitely a shot, but I'm not, I'd say she probably surprised herself. It was, it was one of them innocuous shots that you just don't expect. And was just, when, when it hits the net, you're thinking, oh, wow, that's, lov- that's lovely. And I was just sort of thinking when I seen it, I was like, I was like, did she actually want to go for that? Or was it just a... Uh, Hope hitting hope, but it was it was a listen. It was a lovely and especially considering Michaela Lawrence had, had given Wexford the lead at that stage for them sort of to come back into it. I think they'll be disappointed about how it finished. Rihanna Jarrett on the score sheet, her first goal for Wexford since return. I read that. Uh, I read her stats the other day. It was like that's our hundredth Wexford youth goal in like a hundred and I think it was hundred and eleven games. Yeah, it's pretty prolific, all right. Emily Corbett, of course, getting off the the. Uh, her first strike, so her hundredth to her first. A couple of moments later, Emily Corbett. I think for Sligo as well to get bring back to level pegging at the start of the second half. Great start of the second half, particularly having lost Casey Howe at the end of the first to injury. So um, they'll be disappointed. Although Jodie Lockery, a very able replacement, albeit just a little bit less experienced. Uh, but Sligo finishing like that is that a worry that maybe we're going to see a level of maybe inconsistency from them as it goes through the season. It's always it's always a concern, especially with some players not having an awful lot of national league experience. That when you come up against one of the top teams, what my is, is you switch off for half a second against a Wexford, P-Mount, Shelburne, teams like that. You're punishing the balls in the back of your net, and I think that's what Wexford probably uh, Sligo probably learned is that they can't afford to switch off. Same happened sort of against against Shamrock Rovers where they, they switched off the cross. 
could probably could have been dealt with and then the ball is in the net and you lose the game 2-1 so yes there's a little bit of from, from their point of view that they, they'd be disappointed with how it did finish because they'd have been thinking right we get back into this game let's try and kick on but they just weren't able to I think Wexford, Wexford, Wexford's experience probably told through at the end and you would have that sort of worry for Sligo Rovers this weekend coming into a P-Mount game as well. It's another big game, but the only thing you will say is it's at home as well. At home, they tend to be they tend to be good at home. It's a long trip. To, it's a long trip to Wexford as well to make the seven hundred kilometer round trip as well. So, like it's it's difficult. It's difficult to it's difficult to say if if if, if what what we're going to see going forward. But I think P-Mount will be another difficult task for them at the weekend though. Absolutely. Well, listen, quick roundup of the scores of the weekend. Bows nil, Shelburne two. Uh, those That disputed goal, uh, was it Jesse? Was it Megan? Who knows? Uh, Jesse Stapleton did get the first one. Go United uh, with that late late winner in Turner's Cross against Cork City, while Piedmont struck late also to beat Daylor 1-0 on Saturday afternoon. Shamrock Rovers come through with a 6-0 win over 3 United. We've talked at length about that today. While Wexford Utes and Sligo Rovers that they met and it was youths who came out on top of that particular clash on Saturday evening. I was in the sports for the showgrounds uh, as the scores were coming through and there was a definite interest among the, the decent crowd in, the, in Sligo on Saturday evening, but unfortunately not to be for Sligo Rovers on that occasion. The league table, albeit after only just two games, sees four teams on top of the table with six points. They are Wexford, Peabout, Shamrock Rovers and Shells. But everybody else has lost at least one game. Gold United and Bowes, they sit back on three points, while we have Sligo, at, Sligo, Cork and Treaty currently two games in, zero points on the scoreboard. But I, I think that we're going to see some of them, and I think we're going to see some surprises from some of them. I think so. Somebody's, well. somebody's always going to go on Saturday, I think. I don't think, yeah, I, I, I don't think, well, I'm saying that now, it'll probably end up being a draw when, when Shelburne plays Shamrock Rovers live on TG Carr. But I think that's the sort of get, this is the sort of game where we'll really get the opportunity to see what Shamrock Rovers are really about because the first time they'll have been tested, Abby Larkin come off with a, with a calf injury, Colin O'Neill saying it wasn't too serious. But this is the game that there's going to be a lot of, there's no doubt, you, you can't say there's not, there's going to be a bit of hostility towards the players who've left. The fans will probably try and make uh, talk Park about hostile the the the, the 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 ultras in the in the in the Drucon, in the Ballybock end behind the goal will probably have a couple of things to say to Amanda Button. There's no doubt, and I think this is where we'll really see a lot of Shamrock Rovers this week if they're if they're where they are, where they are or if Collie O'Neill was right in playing talking them down. I think this is where we'll we'll probably see from them this weekend where they'll actually where they'll be, and that's the sort of the one that's the game that I'm really looking forward to this weekend because. There's so many, so many tales and so many stories that are going to be told this weekend. Absolutely. Well, listen, the league's top scorers at the moment, Jamie Thompson with her three strikes, puts herself top of the table uh, last weekend. Kayla Hamich with her two on the opening day of the season uh, keeps her in touch at the top. Of course, Megan Smith-Lynch, we have given her that one officially, I suppose. Or have we? I'm not quite sure. Uh, Jesse Stapleton uh, has two as well. So everyone else... No, you haven't, you, haven't given, you haven't given it officially no. on your score sheet because Megan scored it. twice. On the opening day. Yeah, so we've given it to Jesse. Uh, we're a bit mixed up here ourselves, but that kind of sums up the league anyway. Uh, all the other players across the league, there are plenty of names uh, that you recognise uh, through the various teams as they all... Bradley, just on this, right? Yeah. There's one thing that's standing out to me already so far. On your the amount, bottom of the top scorers? No, 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 no. Look at the amount of different scorers we've already had. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um to see nearly every team on the list there with a scorer as well, which is great to see. And there's only maybe one or two teams who have yet failed to score. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't quite remember. Um, I think maybe Cork and Cork and Treaty. Cork and Treaty, the only two that haven't scored yet. But uh, um, I take that back. I'm just going to check the league table. No, DLO Waves have not scored yet either. So but there's, there's eight teams on the on the sheet, but. I think 24 different scorers over the opening two games, so it's it's really, really positive. At the other end, of course, the girls responsible for keeping the ball out of the net. It's Courtney Maguire. Uh, she's had a perfect season so far. Two clean sheets in two games. Uh, Ronane, Williams, Reedwork, Budden and Kelly all on one so far. Some of the teams hoping to join them at the weekend, so plenty of opportunities there for girls may put their name up and of course it is a world cup year it's a long shot but you never know a couple of outstanding performances in the next seven or eight games might get you on that plane to australia probably not but 
but here's hoping that a couple of our girls across the league will make it there. In terms of the fixtures, uh, Aaron, um, series of games to come. Uh, Galway United play Bowes. That's at 2 o'clock on in Galway and MDC Park. Shells and Shamrock Rovers, you mentioned that one before, live on TG Car, Talker Park, 2 p.m. Of course, we'll be there as well. Uh, will you be there yourself, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can't be missing that one. DLR Waves and Cork City and Trinity United host at Lone Town, as we mentioned with Alban earlier in the show. I'll be in the showgrounds, uh, Sligo Rovers versus Payment United. Uh, unfortunately, my helicopter is out of service this <laughs> week, or I would have been in Talca Park as well. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, Shells and Shamrock Rovers stands out. It's on TV. It's got the profile of the rivalries of the players moving. It's got all the drama. Anything before we get into that one, any other game catch your fancy this week? Yeah, um, Bows, Bows and Galway, obviously, just to see where where Galway are. It's the first time, considering the loss on the opening day, after picking up the win, I'd just be interested to see how, can they bounce and get a, a second win on, 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 the, on the spin. DLR Waves and Cork is another one because of the fact that Cork have lost twice and DLR had the, had the loss and with the changes that have happened there in the offseason. That'll be one that if DLR can give an opportunity for DLR to get a bit of momentum, I think they're all interesting enough games. Like, I think myself and yourself are probably going to two of the more interesting games this weekend in terms of Sligo and Pimo because that could be a very could be a very good game and I think as we say Shells and Shamrock Rovers will be the standout game of the weekend but the, the thing is you wouldn't be surprised if in, in game one three game one one and three definitely you the results could go either way I think Pimo should be too strong for Sligo Rovers but I expect Sligo to give a good performance same in Athlone I think they'd be too strong for for Treaty and the, the 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 shells rovers game i don't know what way it's gonna go i think shells will win it but i think it'll be tight enough what can we take out of that game because this is a sprint of a season last year we had 27 games this year it's only 20 we've got idle weeks we've got long breaks for the leaving cert we've got breaks for the world cup we've got other international but you breaks. have to it's very think about this you have to think about this though shamrock rovers don't play don't play after the shamrock rovers are idle the next so they're gonna play shells if they don't get a positive result against Shell, they're off the weekend after. Then they're going to go straight into a midweek game with Wexford Utes. So it's a it's a tough it's a tough one if they don't get a result. I think for me, it'll it'll definitely answer a lot of questions on Shelburne whether the teams they play just haven't been good on the day or Shelburne have been very good. And I think for Collie O'Neill, it'll probably give him a benchmark of where his team are at, what sort of standard that they're going to be at for, for the season because. He said he said in his own words that he thinks it's going to take five to eight games. This will give him an idea of where they are. For me, from a Shamrock Rovers point of view, Savannah McCarthy is back in training, back with a football at her feet, probably still a little bit away, but that her return can't come quick enough, quick enough because I think, as Alvin said to us earlier, their transition from midfield from defence to midfield is probably where they're struggling a little bit. And this is where we might see the underage internationals really being tested this week. Like you'd expect. Noel King to put Rachel Graham right on right on one of the younger younger players and sit on her all sitting her all day to follow her everywhere and sort of try and nullify them. And that's where if Shells can if Shells can get on top. The problem is Shells could win it comfortably. But then again, it, we don't know enough. We don't know as much about Rovers to say like where they're really at. So I think this weekend is where we'll we'll get the first real reflection of how, how good Shamrock Rovers are this season. Yeah, interesting times ahead. Uh, have the underage players impressed you? I was quite impressed. Uh, by both Aoife Kelly and Jamie Thompson, amongst others in that Rovers squad last weekend. Listen, I said I said when, when they left Shelburne that Leo Leary and, and Aoife Kelly were probably two of the massive, two big, big losses. I think Abby Larkin has, has taken a bit of time to settle in there, had a couple of chances to score goals, hasn't really hit the ground running and, and found the back of the net. But I think for me, O'Leary, O'Leary and Kelly are definitely two who I've always been impressed with, with Shells when I've seen them. I think, I think Aoife Kelly... Just her, her ability, she's not afraid to, to get physical and get in there. Jamie Thompson's a different type of footballer. She's she's more someone who likes to get on the ball. The fact that she scored three goal, three goals in her in, in her in her in her home in her home debut after coming off the bench the previous week sort of shows where she's at. I think realistically though, they probably do need a, a couple of players to put an arm around them. For them younger players, it's going to take time for them to develop into this level. But listen, Collie can't not be impressed with how they've started and how they've how they've how they've got on the board so far. And yeah. like, they're definitely some of the better younger players in the country at the minute. 
I watched the goals back from the game at the weekend, and like I kind of touched on, um, for me it was about the the narrative of the likes of Onyo Gorman slipping the ball through with these kind of experienced heads. Only had two or three assists in that game. Steph Roach had one or two. Steph Zambra had one or two as well. And just I think seeing those kind of the, the more experienced players kind of growing into that squad and bringing the younger girls with them, uh, giving them that confidence, giving them those opportunities, and being prepared to pass them the ball. Because we've seen it so often where the experienced players are like, I don't trust you enough, uh, knowing that they're good enough to finish in the style that they have. Mm-hmm. I think if Rovers click, it could be trouble for the rest of the league. They haven't quite clicked yet. Uh, and I think with all due respect to, to Treaty and to Alban earlier, um, defensively they were a bit weaker than we would expect to see in certain parts of the league. Uh, those balls would be cut out by, or the, maybe the opportunity to pick that pass, or have Steph Zambra or Aaron or Aaron Onyo Gorman. Uh, sorry, I was putting you to the shell. Uh, the shower over starting there uh, to put uh, Onya to give that space in that uh, in that territory to put those balls through. I don't think that would happen against more experienced teams. Do you know what I think? Also, from a, a Shamrock Rovers point of view, I think Colley be disappointed with the fact that. They've got another international window coming up so soon because there's also underage internationals as well coming up because that's going to take quite a considerable number of his players away again where he would have probably liked to have that focus, get that link. I think that the positive though is some of the runs that they are actually making, the younger players are, are willing to make that run and make that commit to that run where maybe we haven't necessarily always seen that from a younger player. They're willing to trust the process that if if they get there, the ball will be put there for them and they'll, and they'll be true. I think that's probably something that Collie's trying to trying to add that bit of belief in and add that bit of composure into them. But I think I think you're you're right in what you're saying. It's there's been many years where we've seen some of the, the big names and the ball has been gone to the, kept them or it's gone to another big name and they've had the shot. Whereas I think Shamrock Rovers they're trying to embed that the younger players there are there to, to, to have an impact on the team. But I I think from for their point of view, they're probably just still a couple of players short of of really taking over at the minute and i think other teams now have to have to have to get their backs up and and make sure that when the next transfer windows come around that colleyon doesn't have that phone number because there's no doubt he'll know what players he'll want to add to that squad and when they do fire they will definitely be a massive massive threat to this league Absolutely. Well, listen, you're going to be talking at two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to be glued to TG Cahar and heading towards the showgrounds around the same time. It promises to be a great weekend of action wherever you're going to be this weekend. Do get out and take in a League of Ireland Women's Premier Division clash there. Got it nailed it perfect that time. Aaron, listen, thanks for joining me again this week. To Alvin, who joined us earlier, to everyone who watched, and it's going to catch this on uh on repeat after uh, we go out. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you every week on the show. Aaron, chat to you again next week.